So now, ready, episode two. Living the dream. One second. One second, I'm going to turn off the audio on my laptop so I can't hear you talking through both things. Yeah, no feedback loops. Yeah, that would be, uh, be a nightmare for yeah, everyone involved. I sounded so snarky and I don't know why. You, I can't believe I'm dealing with you again. I know, crazy. After 25 years, you'd think I'd get used to it, but no. You'd be used to me being a twat by now, but no, here we are. It never happens. Still a twat. (laughs) Good evening. Welcome to the second episode of the Spine to the Pinecast, the podcast where we just go through the week in wrestling and round up what's what. I'm Lachlan, that's Lewis, the the phoenix to my penta, let's go with this week. Oh, I like it, I like it. This week we'll be going through what's gone on since the last episode. How are you doing? Uh, I am not going to lie to you, there may be a slight change in my audio quality, that would be... That is not a digital error. That is my own larynx betraying me right when I wanted to record. Thankfully, we decided to push back an extra day, gave myself some time to recover. Otherwise, I would have sounded even fucking worse. How the larynx. You? The larynx pulling a big heel turn right on the evening of the day. Yeah, heel You'd turn. love to see it. Just when the, the NXT logo pops up in the corner. Just about to go for the heart tag to the uh, the voice. The voice yeah. box, and he just jumps off the apron. Couldn't believe it. <laughs> oh, I laughed, and then then the impact really got me there. Mm. Yeah, I'm not doing too bad. I'm not doing too bad. How do we? Shall we? Shall we get into this? Yeah, I've been. We were saying before we start recording, we've been wondering where to begin, and if we'd recorded last week, would have just gone with all out. That would have been fine. This week, we've had Survivor Series since then. We've also had a interesting situation regarding Seth Rollins and a member of the public. Potentially worth discussion, but it's up to you. Want to shelve that or uh, dive into it, basically, just to call the... Uh, just not call the guy horrible things, because based on findings on social media, it seems like he may be a slightly disturbed individual and I hope he gets the help he needs but at the same time, can't be doing what you're doing can't be doing that Yeah, I think I think that's just we'll, just we'll just cover through that really quickly you see it all the time Like I was going through, I follow an um, Instagram account I just did the just to symbolise scrolling for anyone that's, yeah. that's in the know the doom scroll yeah, the do- oh god, yeah. Anyway, um, I follow an account called Wrestling Flashback. So today, they the Seth incident happened, and then they someone requested them to uh, compile clips of fans jumping the rail, and it's just it happens every so often. Like I think it happens <laughs> in bloody hell it happened to Jer- Jericho a few months ago. That guy tried to come in and he wailed on him. Oh, yeah, he got a good hit in before the uh, security got to him. Yeah. I remember that when he was in the ring with MJF, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where It is funny watching them because then it's 
these two guys who are ostensibly against each other join forces and then you just gotta like play it off. There was one there was one I was watching, I couldn't I couldn't tell you who the two guys were, but then they were they were fighting through the crowd and obviously a guy in the crowd for some reason decided to join in and then both of them turn around and beat on this guy. And it's just like how do you recover from this now? Because now you've just like you have to look at each other and just be like and now we'll hit each other. It's yeah, it's anyway, that's, it's just, that's besides the point. It's 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 just ridiculous. Like you're you're paying money to watch these people perform and provide entertainment for you. You wouldn't do that at a play or a musical. You wouldn't just jump on the stage and start singing. So what makes you think you can do that? I would wager that this man pay because he was in the lower the lower concourse, the mm. ground scoring, I would wager he paid up with of three figures to get himself beaten up and charged with assault and trespassing and whatever mm-hmm. else they can stick to him. It's a, it's a foolish situation to get yourself caught up in. Yeah, the one it's... that I remember seeing around on social media every now and then, it's the end of, it's the post-match of a Triple H Steve Austin match. I believe you might have seen this one. Yeah, uh, Austin's in the ring. He's just He's either retained the title on a house show or he's just getting his title back post non-title match or something like that. He's beaten Triple H. This fan comes in, makes a beeline for Austin out of nowhere. Triple H with the gnarliest shoot-back suplex you've ever seen and just starts laying into him, as does Hebner. You don't see that as much these days because if you put the boots to a guy, he's probably going to find a way to sue you and that's really... It's a it's something that probably would happen these days, but also I'd be lying if I didn't say I'd love to see it. Love to see a guy just get what he deserves. Yeah, I mean it's it's just embarrassing. You see you're watching these people and yeah, they're choreographed and for primarily their performers. But if you don't think that in their off time Oh, it just looks like they can fight. No, they're learning techniques and making them safe. So, like, um, what I learned recently, based on other things, which we're not going to get into, Lince Dorado is actually uh, martial arted to the absolute teeth. So just because you think that this guy who's in the ring with actual giants, just because he's the small one, he will still beat you up. And so then, so then any, anyone, anyone bigger than that, just like, just increase that scale because they're just going to wail on you and you're not going to enjoy it. That's just my two cents. It was the same yeah, as um, the, the, the big one that I've got to point out because I watch it every so often just to give me some joy in life is when Bret Hart was jumped. So then security's oh, dragging that guy away. Are we talking and about? then um, Dax we... Cash Wheeler just nails him. Cash almost Wheeler out of with the uppercut. It's almost unfair because the guy's being dragged away and his hands are behind his back. But also, he fully deserved it because he assaulted someone. He assaulted a 60-year-old man at yeah. a, I believe, his Hall of Fame induction, wasn't it? Yeah. Like, WrestleMania weekend. I almost feel bad for the guy because he got hit by a sweet uppercut. And I kind of do love to see it, but that was after he'd also had the crap kicked out of him by Travis Brown, UFC fighter. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah, 
but then when you inject yourself into these situations what you what what you really want what's what's your end game what do you want out of it because there's nothing you can say there's there's no rational fan who would be able to talk to me and say yeah i wanted to get in the ring to hurt him and then i got hurt and arrested i was like yeah well what did you expect what did you expect when you came in there for a few seconds of fame and what actually happens is they cut all the cameras away from you and give you a bloody nose. Mm-hmm. Nice one, pal. And some handcuffs. Have fun. Nice bit of jewellery there, to be fair. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, let's go back to uh, full gear. Now that we've uh, covered the pressing issue of the last couple of days, which we probably wouldn't have done if we'd uh, recorded on schedule. <laughs> yeah. On schedule for episode two, episode three, we'd have got to do it. Yeah, we've discussed real world. Let's go back to back to fantasy. Let's go back to the fake fighting. Here we go. So, full gear first match. MJF, Darby Allen. Let's just leave the cards where they lie. It was a fantastic match. It was absolutely beautiful. And let's be honest... It was right from the jump, even from the entrances, from the uh, the announcements. I loved when MJF got into not good old JR's face, other JR, Justin Roberts' face, and had him announce him as the man who can beat Darby Allen with a side headlock. Beautiful heel work. Beautiful from the jump. It was lovely. It was good. Darby's video packages are a fascinating look into the uh, the mind of that particular individual. Yeah, I don't know how much it concerns me. He's definitely a creative man. Knows what he's doing. Can really put together things visually. As we saw last year, I do not remember the pay-per-view off the top of my head, when he had the, uh, the tag team match alongside Sting, the cinematics mm. on that one. Might be the only cinematic match I look back on with some kind of enjoyment because I got so sick of those, but that was recorded really nicely. Put together the what's the one I'm looking for? The cinematography was very good. Covered up any shortcomings for everybody. Made it look like Sting could still go at 60 billion years old. So. <laughs> And to be honest, he probably still can. He definitely can better than I can. But we'll leave that to one side. Back to the matter at hand. I diverged once again. Yeah, no, that's fine. We'll try not make it 100 minutes this time, but still. We'll see. That's where we go. Anyway, I'm really bad at taking notes for matches. The only spot I can remember from this match was... um, it started off outside. MJF rolls Darby in and is jaw jacking just to just to the crowd because yeah. that's what that's what he does. And How then, do you like that, fat boy or something? He yeah. says, yeah, yeah brilliant. Like that. Darby comes back like an absolute boy out of the gun, and I've I've never seen like people do um, suicide dives all the time. It happens in most matches now. I've never seen someone do it with the velocity of Darby. He's the only person who does it at that speed. The velocity, the sheer wreck. Well, not that speed because there is Ray Phoenix still around. His are equally fast, but Darby Allen is the only one I've seen throw himself with such reckless abandon. He doesn't 
it's not a suicide push. He's not diving head first, both hands to the shoulders, and he just kind of lightly pushes him over. Yeah, exactly. His, his other one's arms by his his side, own body first. is a weapon. Head first, eyes closed. Just let's just see what we hit. We land where because... we land. And to be fair to MJF, a man of not Miro stature, so he's not mm. eating that as clean, but he took that. Yeah, he took every. He wasn't every even looking when he took it. He was, he was just prepared to put his body on the line to a slightly lesser degree than Derby because he wasn't the one doing the flight. But I digress. Yeah, he, he he took that the clever <laughs> way. He took that the clever way. He took it not watching. Don't know where he is, but my body will be soft. I will just rebound. We'll both bounce off each other. Don't stiffen. Pretty off. much. And I do actually have this written down in my notes, and I have the follow-up to it, which was that was where Darby regained control only briefly because he set up to deliver a coffin drop on the apron. But there was no yes. water in the pool, and MJF moved. And Yes, my word. God. He's done it several times now. The first time I remember seeing it was his match with Cody. It always fucking sucks. It looks mm-hmm. horrible. It looks horrific. You you see it, and he manages. To, he always manages to put himself onto one side so that he can sort of he's not landing flat back. But my god, that doesn't make any any difference really. That does not help when it's just then just a front. It's all just still by. He's landing on his shoulder. He's landing on his waist. His hip. He's not going to be able to walk for very long, but fair play to the guy for making the sacrifices with his body that he is. Yeah, it's just... It was an, it was an excellent match. Very, very technical. What these it two was. guys are really good at is MJF talks so much, he convinces you that he's not good at wrestling because it, you've, you've, you hate him so much, you don't want him to be good. And then Darby is so... Dark and edgy. His character almost doesn't fit that he's good at wrestling. And then both of them are just fantastic. They're so... Like, they are the absolute future. This is something I had written down in my notes. Not so much about Derby, because we've all seen his skill, and he wrestles so frequently that he always gives you a chance to see that more than the uh, the verbal, the promo side of things. But MJF, he is a diamond on the mic he is fantastic he's a heat magnet and you see a lot of it again going back to the social media you see a lot of comments saying this guy is not a good wrestler he's just a mouthpiece he's just talking 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 he's not the best wrestler and you saw it a bit Last year, uh, I think double or nothing with his match with Jungle Boy, and we definitely saw it tonight. This man is as good at wrestling as anyone else in his uh, his class, so to speak. So, of the four pillars or pillows, as Jr. called them in this match, make me laugh. Part of Sammy, of Jungle Boy, of Darby, of MJF, he is as good at wrestling as all of them. Potentially better than a couple of them, and he's definitely better at talking than all of them. Yeah, I'd say out, out of the three, I, he's he's the top. He's the one who will deserve a championship match, a, a like a, a go at 
the the champion of the time when he when he earns it, he'll deserve the most, I think. You were going to say hangman, but you bit your tongue just in case he doesn't oh, keep well, it wrong. Just in case, just in case <coughs> it goes to D. Bry, Bry Dan. That's fair. Dry Branielson. Uh-huh. So I think the easiest way to do this to keep everything straight, because here we are now. We've we've discussed the guys. We, the match the match goes on. There's some interference, but not really. He does. MJF wins. Let's just. Wardlow and Spears come down, but they're intercepted by Sting, so there is an outside interference. But he does get the ring, and he does take him down with a side headlock and take the win with it. So, But he did it. They almost told two stories in this match because the one story was, I can beat you with a side headlock takeover. And you saw it at the beginning. They opened three headlock takeovers mm-hmm. in a row. In the middle, he's going for his headlock takeovers. He's just constantly going back to it to prove his point. And when he thinks he can't do it, he cheats and he does it anyway. Mm-hmm. But then equally yeah, at the same it's... time, he's opening the door for Derby, who is not as big, not as strong, but he's faster. And MJF has hurt this knee, and they kept going back to it. Yeah, Power bomb on the knee was the first thing MJF does. Does he go for pin? No, he's selling the knee because he powerbombed him onto the one he's hurt. Mm-hmm. Apron tombstone, what does he do? He nearly gets counted out because he's tombstoned onto those knees that are bollocks. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's just it was my match of the night it was an absolute clinic from all, both of them and as you say the interference did not directly involve any of the competitors so it didn't hurt the match for me in the slightest yeah ge- it genuinely just... for me it's, it's only not match of the night because the main event got the right result that's fair the main event emotionally drew me in very much. Exactly. So, yeah. so I it gets, would. It gets the bonus points for me because I'm I'm a guy. I'm not. I can't behoove you that choice. Yeah, I'm not a full wrestling analyst. I'm just. I, a lot of the time, I'm in it for the story. I'm in it to watch the the weeks unfold. I'm watching it for the for that for that aspect of things. So then, having this be a story that's lasted a year, like since the start of the the whole thing and then two years start the company they tied it all the way back to that press conference exactly so then which I remember staying up to watch at stupid o'clock in the morning I probably shouldn't have done it but there I was (laughs) so for it to come back all all that way to then give you the correct result can't be good yet bonus points for me for that but anyway got sidetracked because of the main event uh... it's not uh Put the cart before the horse, as it were. Where are we going next? Or oh, the hangman, as it were. Anyway, so um, so what happens next with MJF? Comes out dynamite the next day. Where to next, brother? Are we going no, to I, I discuss can't... FTR and the Lucha Bros? Can at least discuss it. Just say if we thought it was good or not. Yeah, say what you want. Because I have words to say about this. Uh, in particular, the Lucha Bros are fantastic. You made a great choice for our intro tag team of the week. Ray there Phoenix, spectacular. Penta's something else. FTR are fantastic. This match had every building block to be amazing. And if it weren't for the alleged reports of um, Dax getting knocked silly, 
which probably affected the finish somewhat. Oh. In that it probably ruined the finish because that sucked, whatever that was supposed to be. What they gave us as a finish to a match was a bit of a uh, let a lot of air out of the balloon for me after we'd had some pretty good stuff. Ray Phoenix's rope walking is unbelievable. The gear on the Lucha Bros was fantastic. Yeah. I just think it ended quite abruptly. All of the uh, the various Eddie Guerrero um, tributes throughout the night, which were beautiful. I actually, I realized a lot of people were doing Eddie tributes. I didn't know the significance. I didn't realize that the... Uh, the Papa View was on the uh, the anniversary, 15th, I believe, 15th anniversary of Eddie's death. That explained a lot when I Googled it. Yeah, I only realized that sort of when Jericho finished with the Frog Splash. That was the one that made me do it as well. When that was I saw, the one that made me look and then be like, oh, okay. I, I saw a few tributes throughout the night. I heard a lot of Eddie chants and not just to Eddie Kingston. So I thought yeah. I'd Google it. And when I saw Jericho looking very visibly emotional, I thought this has got to be some a, a significant day because him and Eddie were very good friends. Yeah, that was when I looked it up. So seeing a lot of three amigos, a lot of frog splashes, it's just stuff that you love to see for a man that I unfortunately never saw in his pomp, in his prime, not live at least. I've seen matches on the yeah, internet. I've, watched, I've never, I've never got to see him. As we discussed briefly last week, I started wrestling watching wrestling too late to see him in action huge shame I've seen the ladder match, I've seen the custody ladder match, that was brilliant (laughs) where the fuck is Vicky? yeah that was good that's funny, yeah that pops me so Brian Danielson beats Mira by referee's decision, it was basically a, a game of let's chop down the big man both of them, I thought, were the real-life situation with Moxley. It, yeah, um, this, was, it, this was definitely going to be Brian versus Moxley originally. Yeah, 100%. I do not begrudge them the decision they had to make. I no, do not begrudge not. them the decision they made in the end because Miro fit the role. Mm-hmm. He did yeah. not look out of place. No, it was a very interesting story considering it was... You would think going into it, they're going to play David and Goliath, but it absolutely wasn't that because Brian right now is coming in as like a murder wrestler where he's just going to beat someone to death and enjoy being hit. He is a, to not infringe on the gimmick of Dexter Loomis, he is a wrestling serial killer in that he will kick you to death. Yeah. um, He is known for it. He is prolific. There's nothing you can do to stop him. Uh-huh. So then after Plus to set this up and they've set this up I think accidentally weeks in advance Miro's got a weak neck he's got a body made of iron and a neck of sand so then body when, granite. Yeah, very when good. Danielson counters into a I think it, he went top rope DDT he followed did. into straight into the um Locks him straight into that. Referee decision. Miro is gone. Miro is Miro's out. Next match, which sorry, before in next match, gives us our number one contender for whoever wins the main event. It does. Next match, false count anywhere. Six man tag match. 
Jurassic Express and Christian Cage versus the Super Click. I, I love this. The Super Click I to thought win it was so bad. I thought this was so much fun. I really loved it. I also predicted the Super Click. I just didn't think they were going to give Adam Cole's first pay per view match to be a loss. I suppose he can afford to lose it in a trios match, but yeah, and this not match be taking so fun. Plus, it's setting up the um. Sorry, the next night. I'm going to spoil the main event because everyone knows what happened. We're a bit late to the party, so yeah, go ahead. Yeah, setting up the uh, Kenny Omega speaking and saying that the Elite lost. Everyone in the Elite lost. And uh, don't worry, Cleaner. I've got this. That's so funny. And then, um, but then Kenny turns to Adam and just says, oh, sorry, Adam. I was talking to the box. So is that already some dissent in the ranks? Is that already a bit of dissension between Adam and Kenny that's forming? That's where I feel that this is going. I'm on board with it. It is. It definitely is some dissension. You saw it again, I think, in the uh, the Halloween match they had when Mm -hmm. Kenny was hesitant to tag in Adam at any point. Yeah. Just um, doesn't quite have the level of trust there. I'm looking forward to it because that's going to be quite an interesting direction for them to go. Fighting for the if they just the have this straight up no effing around, <clears throat> no fucking around match that we believe they can both have because we've seen Adam Cole have bangers with everybody. Kenny Omega only produces bangers. That match could be a match of the year candidate. Probably of 2022. I don't think he'll be back before then. No, I don't. I don't. I think he might. He might make. I think we're looking at Christmas. three to four. I was thinking three to four months off. Maybe he's going if like multiple surgeries on his shoulders and all that. So. Oh, he is. Yes, I keep forgetting about the surgeries. I thought it was just just the time off. Yeah, it's probably going to be. When's the next pay per view? So. Uh, Revolution will be February. I don't remember the exact date. I, can look I, would, it up. I, I, I would hasten to predict that he might make an appearance post-main event, but with no contact with anyone, just to show that he's about around. Yeah, I'd, uh, I'd probably agree with that. It says 2022 does not have a city or a date yet. Okay, so it's not even announced yet, so they can decide in the future. Loads of time. It was February time last year, so I'm assuming that'll be the same. Yeah, I, they tend to keep it pretty consistent well, for, for a year. I tell a lie, it was March last year, but it was first week of March, and it was last week of February the year before, so it's that window. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Cody Rhodes and Pack versus Andrade and Malachi. This, right. So I remember this specifically from our preview. The The result that happened was the exact one we said wouldn't happen. Pack and the Black Arrow taking the win. Pack using his finish to get the win yeah, is the complete is... opposite to what we expected. For uh, It was either, if the faces win, it's Cody making the win. And if it's the heels, it could be out of the room. I don't care, but Pack will probably take the fall. But no, Pack taking the win. I love it. I'm on board I was with so... it. I was so shocked in my notes that my final note for this match was just in all caps, handwritten in all caps, because I am that excited about it. Black Arrow, 
pack wins, pack wins. I couldn't believe my eyes when I saw it. So nice you wrote it twice. I'd love to see it. Yeah, pretty much. I'm going to be generous to this match and say that it should have been a dynamite main event. That is where it belonged. It was not a pay-per-view match for me, but I liked it. I liked the work that most of the men did. Cody knows what he's doing, surely. <laughs> he knows what he's doing. Because he did it at one of the pay-per-views last year as well, where he did the whole, oh, I'm injured ankle. Oh, I'm going to be out of the match. But I'm going to be in plain view of the hard cam the entire time. Spent half this match on the outside by the barricade, where you could always see him from the hard cam. When he was in that ladder match, he was always in view of the tunnel instead of going all fully backstage. He knows. He must know what he's doing here. Because when he got up on that apron for the heart tag for Pac, the crowd fucking booed him out of the building. He is a heel. <laughs> and he's being the character that thinks he's not a heel, but he is. Yeah. I- I'm being generous because I love Cody. I would agree. He like the reaction he's getting. He's not stupid. He knows wrestling. He knows he's done it all his life. He grew up with it from his dad. He he knows what's going on. He grew up with probably the best Booker of the seventies. Uh-huh. It's just or eighties. I can't remember when Dusty was around. I think it was eighties actually. Always leave them wanting more because people aren't at the minute. They're not getting tired of booing him for being a bad guy. So he's 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 living it. So he's just keeping it going because he knows that it's still going to get the reaction. It's all all publicity rule. Like any bad publicity is good publicity. Anything like whatever he can do to keep himself on screen and keep the crowd hot for it, it's, it's worth it's, it. Uh, it's, fair. it's not like he's getting no reaction. He's still getting a heavy reaction. So that's that's good. No matter what, you how, make a good point. You've been a lot more. Concerned. That's good. Yeah, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off there because I was basically just going to echo your thoughts. You're making a good point, to be honest. He'd be in a lot more trouble if he was going to all this haste to uh, get himself on television all the time and nobody cared at all. If if there was no reaction, he'd be in trouble. Uh Yeah, exactly. What was the pay-per-view before this when the the match before the main event was like, big show, no one cared? Oh, Christ. Yeah, that was tough. Big show and... um... Sorry, no, not Big Show. Paul White and yeah. QT had a match, didn't they? Or the Nightmare Factory had a match. He just beat yeah. all three of them. And like I say, I respect his body of work. Paul White, that is. Not yeah. QT. <laughs> but they must have known that no one really wanted to wanted to see it. They were the cooler. Like between, um, and this show, between Punk, Punk and Eddie Kingston and Page and Omega that was Inner Circle versus Men of the Year and America Top Team. Like no one really wanted to see that pre-main event, but you can't just go. Hold my hands up. Hold my hands up and say I didn't want to watch it. I did, but I didn't want to at the time. Because people just you just get burnt out and the reaction stops being as heavy. You just need to cool down, give people time to get some drinks, get some shots in, just carry on. Yeah. One thing I did like about this match. Cody going for the patented figure four and he ended up coining a new tag team finish with Pac. Didn't end up finishing the match, but a new tag team move with Pac because Pac hit a 450. I'm calling it the figure 450. 
Oh, I like it. I'm going to end on that note because I have nothing more nice to say about this match because I don't remember a lot of it. Yep, and again, I said we're going to speed up because we've still got Survivor Series plus something else. Anyway, um, Britt Baker and Ty. Liked it. Yeah. Ty's pay-per-view gear, phenomenal. I'm really paying attention to people's gear. I, I quite like seeing, seeing new gear. It's always cool. I always like it when they get f- flashy new gear and then three months later they're still wearing it. I'm looking mm-hmm. at you, Penta, and your Joker <laughs> gear. Yeah, but now it's Venom. It is now Venom. Much cooler. Joker one was sweet. Yeah, uh, I like Brit's entrance, well. interesting. I don't know why they keep rock cutting out this fuzzy guy. He's only okay at shredding. He is no Rick Boogs. <laughs> Who actually is fantastic at the guitar, I'll be fair to him. I really like Rick Boogs. Pat McAfee, quote, you son of a bitch. That made me laugh so much when I saw it. Yeah, anyway. Yeah, it was a good match. Um, Probably the right result because Ty's a good wrestler, but I don't think she'll be able to carry a division. I don't think she'd convincingly be the number one. No, I totally get you. It's too soon for her if she ever does get a reign. And let's be honest, I think I probably said it last week, we're all just waiting for the day that they elevate Thunder Rosa back to the top level to beat Brit. That is the next champion in my eyes, unless they do something drastic, like bring in some huge name that I don't know is even available right now. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't yeah. remember what free agents are on the uh, on the independence right now, but at the moment, the next challenger, well, not the next challenger, next champion for me is Thunder Rosa. That makes this match ending the correct result. Huh. Shame like they it. had to have someone kick out of Ty's uh, finish, kind of. Yeah. But it's, if it's the champion kicking out, I like protected finishes, but if it's the top person kicking out of it, it doesn't hurt it too badly. It's not like... Um, it's not like it was getting kicked out of by Penelope Ford or something. Yeah. No offense to Penelope, good worker, but the hierarchy is pretty well set at this point. Yeah. Punk versus Kingston. I wrote before the match even did anything, this will be awesome. And they lived up to it. It was uh it was a night it was a very nice change of pace to have um like a 11, 12 minute barn burner. Yeah, a bit of just a bit of. After we had brutality. four or five matches go up to or over 20 minutes, it was delightful to just have these two kick the crap out of each other for 10 minutes and go home. Eddie was not coming to play. That entrance was intense. Yeah, they were just. It was just. Let's no gang other. signs, no posing. It was just march, march, march. Get in the ring. Come at me. Fucking just, fight me. And let's hit each other very hard for 10 minutes and see who can stand afterwards. And let's hit you with my finish before the match has started and just like... I did love that. that. I, was I, was, I was low-key ready for them to call a three there and then three seconds. I'd have been into it, to be honest. I'd have really liked it if just the narrative for Punk post this match was you caught me off guard. 
next time you won't. That would be fun as well. Yeah, because obviously, obviously, with what we discussed about Punk and uh, Max, that's not yeah. the direction they're going in, but could have been an interesting way to go. Obviously, my prediction was Kingston to win. Didn't get that, but I'm not upset about it. It's it's almost frustrating because I want them to do longer telling, longer term storytelling with Punk, where this this could have been it. And if they have him go into MJF, then that's gone, because this AEW has been really good at pulling because they're a young company about creating long stories out of stuff that doesn't exist. So they managed to make yeah. this a fifteen year story just because of these guys. One was at the top of Ring of Honor and one was at the bottom. Yeah. Just, uh, just at the time that they intersected. I know what you're saying. I think you described it slightly incorrectly. They've not because they've not taken this from something that doesn't exist. They explicitly took it from something that does exist. What you're saying is they're not rewriting history. They're borrowing. Yes. They're borrowing other companies' history instead of pretending it didn't happen. Yeah, because in WWE, when someone goes, they get a they get a new name and new number. It's almost like witness protection. They just they just go in and they become this completely separate person just for a few years and then they leave again. And it's not allowed to be used. And these days, they seem to just give you a scrap of paper with one word, and that is your gimmick. Mm-hmm. Hello, Kushida and Ikamanjiro. You are now jackets. You are ta- time jacket. Jacket time. Yeah. The anyway. weird the weird thing <laughs> is with Bron Breaker, they handed a piece of paper that said Steiner and then didn't name him Steiner. But other than that, they just wrote Uncle. But also, one second, one thing I will go back to the uh, Punk versus Eddie. Very good at digressing. Uh, Punk going for those moves of doom was hysterical. It was very good. Shoulder tackle, shoulder tackle, shoulder tackle. Think you can't see me? Eddie just flips the bird and tells him, fuck you. And they just start wailing on each other again. Just, they sold us a fight, they gave us a fight. It was fun. Yeah, that's what, sometimes that's what you need. Inner Circle, American Top Team. This confused me right at the beginning. I was so lost when they gave us what was billed as a Minnesota street fight, and for the first three to five minutes, it was just a 1v1 five-person tag match, or 10-man tag match. Everyone was on the aprons, everyone was tagging in. I was like, what the bloody hell is going on here yeah and then they just started throwing each other through tables. they just obeyed tag tag rules until they didn't want to anymore and then it became a fight yeah that's really confusing it's almost like in terms of a street fight they couldn't decide i think i think what i think happened was that they they're following the one of the, the most recent tag match in this in the show was in a fourth guy anywhere six man tag and they just didn't want to follow that same formula immediately. So then they just hit up some some regular tag stuff just to give you what American Top Team could do. Just to yeah, show I that think, they can actually do something and then I think just they break st- it down a bit. Structured it because the three-fifths of one team were not professional wrestlers and were not built to professional wrestle, so they gave them five or six minutes where they were just either in there on their own or they weren't involved at all. 
Yeah, they were just giving them some reps just to give them a taste of what was going on. And then they were like, right now we can break this down a bit. Kind of protects them. It's a shame, I thought, because of the uh, the no DQ rules, we were going to get some more Jorge Masvidal because he seems like the one who would transfer most easily to professional wrestling. You're obsessed with him. I just think, I just don't understand how he can knee Jericho's face in twice and then not get called out for a match. I don't get it. Down the angle there. doesn't make sense like that. Either way, correct winner because it would have been, well, like I said, I wanted Hager to make a heel turn and turn on the boys because that would have been very interesting. But either way, if they weren't going to do that, then Jericho had to win and Jericho had to win by pinning Lambert because that protects your wrestlers of the show that and it closes the story. And the MMA fighters by just going over... The dorky manager. Yeah, exactly. Friggin' velvet tracksuit. Like um, if Michael Cole puts him into a match in a tag team, Michael Cole was getting pinned. Like, you, oh, yeah. you don't want to lose the actual wrestlers to lose face. Anyway. And it was a deep to... cut. Jericho did get his uh, Eddie tribute in. He did the, did the shoulder roll. He did the frog splash. He told Junior DeSantos to attack him really late on the code breaker so we could go, where the fuck is Junior? Love it. And then we yeah. just had a couple of uh, promo segments between this match. We found out that Orange Cassidy's partner would be fucking Tomohiro Ishii. That was the weirdest thing. Yeah, that was weird. I suppose they're members of Chaos, so it makes sense. I didn't realise how short Ishii was when we saw him on Wednesday. Stone and then football. we got Shivoni talking to Jay Lethal, which... It's a good signing from a wrestling standpoint. Won't go into the... Uh, Not from a human being standpoint. But yeah, won't go into it. the allegations. Uh, just the line I've heard is that apparently is is a uh, speaking out catalog looks like a friggin' Argos catalog. So we'll just leave it at that. Mm-hmm. On to the main event. Hangman versus Omega. It was... It was awesome. What can you say? That pre-match package was abs- was special. Something else. The thing is, with these two, they could have made a 90-minute cinematic pre-match package and it would have still been entertaining. Yeah, they could. They, there was a lot of material they didn't dive into, but they could have. Mm-hmm. It was, yeah, it was excellent. And then you've got... I was actually... It got to the start of this match. I was actually nervous. I, I was so worried. At it the was. time, I wasn't aware how severe Omega's injuries were. So had I known that, I'd have been like, oh, he's, he's, he's losing. But at the time, I was like, but what if he doesn't? Yeah, you. there was always the thought of it could go the other way. Oh, and the uh, if I wasn't ready to cry at the beginning, seeing the... Uh, with the little Chiron that Hangman gets, just seeing, mm-hmm. we're proud of you, graphics team. That that nearly set me off. Bloody hell. That was good. Terrible twats. That was good. Yeah, it was a it was a crazy match. Especially it was. the last the last five minutes probably where they were flipping between each other's finishers they were oh they were doing everything the only man to kick out of the one winged angel is himself beautiful yeah exactly like omega hitting each other's and then mixing them up and 
breaking out of them and kicking out of them. It was just... Omega hitting V-triggers, Hangman hitting V-triggers. This pop-up powerbomb is beautiful. It's excellent. Uh, I think it's uh, just as we're getting into like the... uh, Just before those spike backdrops, which looked nasty. Mm Mm-hmm. I think they cut to the Young Bucks walking down the ramp, both of them limping because obviously they've had this brutal match earlier and I I popped so hard when Shivani just said, uh-oh, dipshit alert. <laughs> I laughed. That and Buckshot one hates them. goes to the outside. You cut to Matt Jackson with the slightest, slightest nod of his head to say, not going to stop you. You weren't. We get this. Buckshot, two. One, two, three. Hangman's the new champion. Good God. Maybe it was my favourite match of the night. <laughs> you were getting a bit emotional there. But no, they were just going down there to not be in Hangman's corner, but to just say, we're not going to stop you this time. Yeah. It was great. It was a great match. It was great. Exactly what we asked for as well. So that led us to the opening segment of Dynamite. This is probably the last thing we're going to hit on AEW because then we've got to quickly fly through Survivor Series. You got to fly through Survivor Series. I haven't seen it. There's not a lot to say because they didn't do a lot to build to it. But first, National Cowboy Shit Day. This is funny. I like this. It was good. And then seeing um, John Silver and Eva Luna hugging each other before Hangman gets to, gets to them because they're so excited and happy. It's like yeah. watching you two wrestle dads be proud of you. It was cute. Yeah, it was a cute segment. It was nice. Obviously, it was just Hangman thanking the fans because he's in his hometown, 150 miles away from his actual hometown, but it's the home state, so yeah, they're all Virginia, still very proud of him. Yeah. Just saying thanks to all the people for believing in him because he earned it. That mm-hmm. was actually it, wasn't it? They said we're chanting, you deserve it. And he said, I don't deserve it. I fucking earned it. Yeah, fair play to you, lad. Before we get Daniel Bryan turning heel or acting like a heel. Yeah, it's kind of confusing because... In the way that he wrestles, you can argue that he's a heel because he's high impact and he's the one going out to hurt people. But so then, so then that makes it not surprising that he's the way he is. But he's never been outright aggressive to a face the way that he was here. Yeah, so, you so just fight for so long yeah. because he was doing that style to heels that makes him not the bad guy. Now he's doing the exact same stuff he has been doing. But it's the good guys, so he's the bad guy. But that's just interesting. It. It's a good dynamic good dynamic. Let's put it this way. Kenny wrestled him to a draw. Hangman beat Kenny and in less than thirty minutes. Yeah, that's what he said to him, wasn't it? That was the line that really set him off, I think. Yeah, it was. That, that was the one that made him be like, oh, okay. I think so that was... Gloves are off. It wasn't like the uh, the WWE way of, you say this killer lied, so I'm going to punch you in the face immediately. It was just... Mm-hmm. That was the straw that broke the camel's back, and you know it. Mm-hmm. 
but we're gonna just that is what made me want to beat you more yeah now we're gonna let's shelve it for now or i'm gonna antagonize you just that little bit more yeah now we're gonna let it simmer you know we're gonna throw down now because you're it's 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 a good old clay case of uh talk shit get hit that kind of thing mm-hmm. so yeah i think that's gonna be when they get there that's gonna be a great match yeah i'm looking forward to it but first we have him one that i can't kill do now he's gonna kill colt this week tonight i should say at time of recording yep and then he's got I don't remember the lineup, but it's something like they're in Atlanta soon. So that's where Alan Five Angels is from. And they've got New York coming up. So that's where John Silver's from. Oh, okay. So if so, they've, yeah, if they've planned it. it out that far ahead, then they're geniuses. Yeah, they've got they've got a good lineup. And he did say he was gonna go through all of them. I can't wait for when he fights Anna J. Yeah, me neither. That's gonna be an interesting one. I reckon she'll I reckon she's got him, you know. She'll hold she'll her take own. Him. Yeah. No, so any like it's it's giving them it's giving them breathing room to say we're not just going to have it we're not just going to pay pay off the number one contender immediately we've we've got at least a good six or seven weeks before we even get to thinking about that. Yeah, it's not like we've crowned the contender, so let's have the match. It's we've crowned the contender now. Let's make a story out of it. Yeah, now let's let's figure out what we're going to do with that. And then after this show, just. Quickly, I was going to do a spiel about this, but we're we have a lot more ground to cover than I initially anticipated. After this, I went straight into watching a uh, New Japan's Battle in the Valley in San Diego, I believe it was, or San Jose, mm-hmm. somewhere like that. Yeah, you told me. Oh, I, I literally only went to this to watch Bud Matthews versus Kazuchika Okada. Pretty sweet, very good match. Buddy Murphy lands it. Sorry, Buddy Matthews lands in New Japan, and if it's is a his final landing spot, if he makes Nuge his home, he's going to fit in very nicely because that match was pretty good. Got a handshake from Okada at the end. If he joins Chaos, pretty sweet. Well, his Opens style... Opens the door for him to then go to AEW, maybe? His style was always Kenny Omega light. Being the Aussie guy, could also see him joining the United Empire, that weird Commonwealth thing. That would be interesting. I would be I would be kind of intrigued by that. I would be intrigued by that. I'm not thrilled about who they have as their face, not because of allegations. I just don't really like Will Ospreay that much as a person. I think he's just a bit boring. That's all I I've got. He's just him. a bit of a prick, but that's just my personal opinion. Yeah, I get that. Yeah, that was that. On to Survivor Series. I'll let you lead the way because I do not know much about WWE except that The Rock was not here at this show. Yeah, they made a big... So so what actually was the, the whole Rock storyline was that Mr. McMahon received a golden egg. Oh, yeah, egg something about eggs. From Red Notice, from The Rock. And that's what that was. Uh, that's, that's all that was. The oh, because the egg storyline carried on, didn't it? They took it to Raw. The egg got stolen, <laughs> and they needed. They, there was a classic Who Done It, and Austin Theory revealed that he stole it and he brought it back. And and for this theft, he got a title match. Oh my god! I'm just going to leave that there because that's ridiculous. But Big E won, so it doesn't matter. Nah, it's just my voice is wrecked. <laughs> 
no, yeah, like there's there's not much else you can say. It was a, it was especially when you have the books coming down after Callis had failed to intervene. Yeah, so that's really the nail. In it there. all oh, they really it all mo- try and screw him. Yeah, it almost looked like oh, uh, Don couldn't get the job done like he normally does for Kenny. Let's send in the the uh, the enforcers. Yeah, the enforcers. The um, what's the word I'm looking for? The mini bosses, as it were. Yeah, Kenny's boss. They're the mini boss of the video game. Survivor yeah, Series. Fine. We're back. Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair. Really good match. Yeah. These two, these two, you could throw them together any like every day of the year, and they put together a good match. Yeah. I can't I still think tell anymore how much they're shooting on each other when they're doing all these promos about saying how much they hate each other outside the ring. I can't tell anymore. I but, stand by it. It's a work. Yeah, I, like I'm, I'm convinced it is, but I'm just not sure. It's workers working, and it's and it's working. It's working on some people. Basically, didn't need to give, a, didn't need to give the internet excuse to shoot on Charlotte, but putting her against Becky was a really good way of getting it going. Yeah, that's true. Anyway, um, Charlotte looked like she was going to try and cheat to win. Becky out cheated her. What can you say about that? Becky wins. So now we've yeah, I read the finish. So it was like a oh, I'm going to grab the ropes to roll up. Ref sees it. Becky gets the roll up, grabs the ropes herself. Ref doesn't see it. It's that simple. Pretty much, yeah. So now you've got Becky keeps up her smug heel act of I'm the best. I beat Charlotte, and Charlotte gets the the smug confidence. You didn't really beat me. Yeah, heels gonna heal. They both went into it as heels. They both acted like heels. It mm-hmm. just yeah, keep it simple. Raw SmackDown Tag Team Elimination Men's Match. Seth Rollins wins by being sole survivor. Jeff Hardy got to stay in as the final man, which I did not see coming. I expected him to be the first mile. Uh, just give me two seconds to go to cage match because I don't even know who was in the matches. Oh, I've got it in front of me. I'll read it out to you. Uh, you are a star, right? Yeah. We've got Austin Theory, Bobby Lashley, Finn Balor, Kevin Owens, Seth Rollins. Kevin Owens just walked away. I like that. If that was symbolic of Kevin Owens just walking straight out of the company in the next few months, I'm going to find it really funny. I wouldn't be surprised if it happened. Then we've got SmackDown. Drew, Happy Corbin, Jeff Hardy, King Woods, Sheamus. So yeah, we had Seth and Jeff as the last two. Seth takes the win with a big old stomp. So then then what does this set up? It sets up uh, Seth coming out and being like, I was the sole survivor. I basically did everything. I was the one who won for Raw. Bin Fowler. Finn Balor is never going to like that. So now that's going to set up a program. Yeah, that's going to set up a program for those two because he doesn't like his attitude. I'm on board with it. Yeah, those two will have bangers with each other. They're both very good wrestlers. So yeah, I can see it happening. Honestly, mm-hmm. Seth Stock just rose to me by the way he dealt with that fan. So I'm yeah, fine with I'm it. I'm on board with it. We had a battle royal, which I'm not even going to bother with. We had RK Bro and the Usos. RK By the way, Bro sorry, won. I do not mean to cut you off, but the uh, we slightly dipped onto the Kevin Owens situation. So that reminds me of the news I was going to pop for you on the on the day. 
Ooh, shall shall we wait or do we do it now? It's up to you. Do you want to wait for it? Get get out the end of the show between this and the final segment. This and the final segment because I won't take much longer. That's fine. RK Bro One. I'm not. mm, I can't decide where I land on this. I like the Usos more than RK Bro, so I would have liked to see them win. But I'm hearing that the Usos are doing a lot of really funny. Oh, oh, you lost, did you? Who took the pin? And they're doing the funny little point to each other. Ah, yes. And then then that one's got to earn it back. Yes. Yeah, I am. So it's all everyone's got to suck up to Roman. And yeah, that stuff sounds funny, to be honest. Yeah, it's pretty good. I'm, I'm intrigued to see what happens this week. See, like, that's the thing that SmackDown is doing that Raw isn't quite doing. It makes me want to see what happens next. Yeah. Again, Raw won because of the women's match. Because you've got Bianca Carmella, Liv, Queensleen, and Rhea beat Natalia, Sasha, Shayna, Shotzi, and Tony Storm. Bianca and Shotzi as the last survivors. And then Bianca take the win. It Wait, was... they're going forward her just called Shotzi instead of Shotzi Blackheart. Oh, yeah, she's joined Team One Name. Okay. Much like Biggie Lanston, Antonio Cesaro, uh, Angel Garza, Humberto Carrillo. He's just Garza now, isn't he? No, he's just Angel. Wait, and they pronounce it as Angel and not Angel? I think so. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah, whatever, whatever. Anyway... And then uh, Roman versus E. It was a good match. It was big meat men slapping meat. Yeah, Roman E will probably be a good match. I can mm-hmm. just anticipate that it probably is. Wait, did was the the non-title like the mid-card title match on the pre-show? Yeah, Priest yeah. versus Nakamura instead of that stupid battle royale. What? Yeah, okay. I know. It's very strange. Okay. I think they just wanted, they wanted Omos to get some airtime because that, that boy eliminated 12 out of 25 people. What is the appeal of Omos? I don't get it other than he's tall. I love it. He's great. Him and AJ. Oh, really? I'm have to look at it. Him and AJ yeah, the, work uh, and work. Anyway, the news. Priest and Nakamura provided my favourite moment of the show with Pat. That was hysterical, man. You son of a bitch it's just watching it when he you just like every announcer is so so sterile in their delivery you just see him pop up out of his chair into the top corner of the screen screaming at priest for breaking it guitar. oh it's so funny yeah i really enjoyed that part i don't mean to walk all over the main event don't mean to walk all over the tribal chief segment of the show I just thought that was really funny and realised you'd not read those names out yet, so I was confused. No, it's fine. Um, we don't have... I'm not really going to cover much because we're not, get... we're not through to the week's Smackdown, so there's not really much going on there. That is and, true. Um... We won't have any story to build on to. Oh, except for the um, exceptional promo moment. I loved every second of it. I'm excited Where... for this now. Vince McMahon had his golden goose... I mean, egg with um, and then he had Roman as well in the office, and then he just goes, "It's worth worth a hundred million. 
And Roman is just sat there and he goes, almost as much as my next contract. And just bounces. Love to see it. Charlie Roman shoot shooting there. I respect it. I know. Let's let's break break down the fourth wall. Yeah, it was a it was a good match, but Survivor Series there's never really much to talk about because it's pointless. It's outside the continuity. It is in the at this stage a non-canon show. The only thing that was canon was a freaking gold egg, apparently. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's one of the only things that continued into the next night. And you see suggestions online which either go with if you're gonna really stick to this brand versus brand thing build up your brand loyalty by having the draft after Survivor Series yeah yeah have people actually earn something by doing this that's actually the only good suggestion there is is because then you can essentially say well champions are undraftable champions will face each other in matches winner gets first pick Mm mm-hmm winner of the or they'll earn something along those lines yeah yeah but no nothing it is it is just a show and it's one of the big four by virtue of having existed earliest with the other three pretty much money in the bank is overtaken it in my brain but not everyone agrees anyway that's me uh symbolically closing the book on um, Survivor Series. Series for another year. I like it. Let's go for the news. What's, yes. what's the well, live news? Live news as of today, reported mm-hmm. on Fightful Select contract news by probably Sean Ross Sapp. He's fairly good at finding out these kinds of nugs of information. Yeah, he, tends, he tends to be the one who carries that sort of information. Yeah, we, ha- we have war games on the way. Mm-hmm. A conspicuous a lack weeks. of conspicuous lack of Bill Regal announcing it, but I digress. War games. I miss hearing it from him. I miss that. Anyway. Yes, well, the story was that John Gargano, who is in going to be in the War Games match, he has mm-hmm. signed a extension on his contract. He has signed a he has no no no, don't make that face. It's not quite what you think. He has done a Adam Cole's situation, he has signed a one-week extension so he can finish what he started in NXT. And then he's, it sounds like he's toodling his way out the door. Right, so... Where he goes next, we don't know. But it means his contract ends on December 10th, not December 3rd. That's because I believe War Games is the 4th. It's the 5th. So... That was close. So he's got, um, yeah. So now I'm going to put in my prediction that uh, Team OG NXT is losing. You know what well, I mean? Gargano, LA Knight, Pete Dunne and Champa versus Bron Breaker, Carmelo Hayes, Waller and Tony D'Angelo. You're not having Team OG win and then one of them just bounce. Well, they've gone to all these uh, painstaking manoeuvres to brand it as NXT 2.0. They're not burying the new guys already, surely. Exactly. They've gone out of their way to erase every fingerprint Triple H has had on that brand. They're not then going to put his guys over. I could have predicted that without this news, but that is where 
the contract of John Gargano sits right now, mm-hmm. according to Fightful. Interesting. Anyway, final segment. Booker final segment. Oh, I've been excited to talk about this match. I watch wow. it several times a year. It is. It never gets old for me. The thing is, what I love is that I didn't really take any notes because I was just watching it. So there's there's not much I'm going to really talk about because I'm not a I'm not a talker when it comes to uh, actual matches because I'm just like yeah and then this happened and then and then the moves happened. happened yeah moves happened someone stayed down someone didn't but this match was actually it was really interesting because one thing it took me it took me about halfway through it to realize that there's no commentary. And then the camera work is really, really intimate because the crowd is probably about a foot away from the ring. So, which means the cameramen oh, are yeah, they closer. Are. They are so close. I'm just going to let us rewind just a second. Yeah, sorry. Welcome, listener, to Booker Club. This is where we bring a, similar to a book club, we bring a suggestion of a match for the other, uh, other participant on the podcast to watch. And then we talk about it the following week. Last week, the inaugural week, I brought us Caranoir versus what was announced for the show as a mystery opponent. Going into this, we knew it is Pac versus Caranoir. Probably could have seen that coming. I've not hidden that Pac is my favorite wrestler in the world. So here we are. I get hyped from this match simply... I'm going to go into it early simply by watching the entrances because they are stunning for both men in different ways. Yeah, Tells you everything you need to know about each character. Caranoir, the black swan. Goliath is graceful and he comes in, he enters to uh, the swan theme from Swan Lake that's by Tchaikovsky, performed by the London Symphony Orchestra, not live, obviously, over speaker. He's got the uh, the cape, the swan ruffle. Kind of looks like a black peacock when you look at the pattern for it. And he's just, he's slow until he hits the crescendo and the crowder into it. And everyone's chanting along with it. He's clearly a riptide regular. Now, this match was in 2018, I believe. So this was just not long since Pax release from the WWE after being frozen out for like two years, mental situation. Coming in as the regular from Dragon Gate, as the Open the Dream Gate champion, his entrance gives me chills because as a mystery, no one knew who was coming out. And it gets to him and you just hear R-E-D. There's a little stinger at the beginning of the entrance and it just goes into it straight away. It's 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 hard rock. It's all it borders on heavy metal, it's like thrash metal kind of thing. And you get a pop from like four dudes who knew who it was gonna be. And then you get a it, I thought of ways to describe this. It's like a Mexican wave of reaction because of how it's set up. So it's like a theater stage, and he comes in from one side. So the side opposite can see him more. So as he enters, they can see him and they go mental. And as he steps out onto the stage, the entire building is unglued. 200 people sounds like 500. It's just so loud. Everyone is excited just to see Pac. 
I've gone in very deep on just talking about entrances here. You are impossible to keep to short notes. Yeah, I know. It's horrible. I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, w- I would have to say the same. I love the Black Swan gimmick because we've seen it live and it's something to behold. Like that. It is pretty Mystic, fantastic Mystic even has, from... He has presence, is what he has. He does. You can tell it even from the 50, 75 yards away that we were. We weren't mm-hmm. even anywhere yeah, near we as intimately as close to they were. We were pretty far back and not elevated, so it was hard to see at times. Yeah, but he was he was very cool. And then um, the one thing I noticed from watching this match, because it's free on YouTube, is um, the intimacy, the presentation, and like the production value of Riptide. It looks really good, and the quality of the video on YouTube is like HD TV. It's like it's like you're watching it on the Sky. It's oh, fantastic. the put- They've put a lot of work into being able to present matches clearly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Like to the point of having almost a cameraman with his HDR camera, whatever he's recording with, stood on the apron at all times, at least one. Mm-hmm. Then another two just in the walkway. It's, uh, yeah, it's fantastic. But going into the actual actual physicality of the match, the baby face and the heels, obvious. It was obvious from the entrances, as we've talked about thrash metal hard bastard is the heel. Yeah. It's all built around Karanoir wants his handshake. All he wants is that, to borrow a term from the American independence, he wants that code of honour. He just wants Pac to shake his hand and he refuses all the time. First he's just telling him to piss off and then it gets a bit more aggressive every time. Gets him down with shoulder tackles and the kid pops back up, hand outstretched. Pack is physically like visibly reacting, like almost freaked out because this guy just won't stay down. It's not even that eventually won't back off. Won't back up, won't stop going for the handshake and smiling at him and looking like a weirdo. And then when he's down on the ground, he gets up, he goes for the handshake, gives him it. So they can stomp a mud hole and walk it back off again. Crowd booing him, booing him. Pack goes out. George acts with the crowd. Shook his bastard hand. He's not Scottish. He's actually from Newcastle. I'm just not very good at accents. Anyway. And one, th- and one thing I noticed from Pack, I do apologize. This is just one note that I had. Did you see the or did you pay attention to the part where Car is on the offense and he's making Pack eat the corners? No. Oh my god, Pack sells those like death. <laughs> like you know when he's just running him into the corner, it's like he yeah. takes flight and he buries his chest into those corners. It looks devastating. He's really going out. He it's an underrated part of wrestling. He goes out of his way to make this guy look as good as him. Yeah. No, that is that is what he's been good at because my main note was like a whole of the whole thing was it felt like it could have gone either way. This is a guy who's come off of being king of the cruiserweights of WWE and having matches and like being in the ring with Chris Jericho and all of this. Like this is a guy who was on top of the world. Stardust, famously, alongside Stephen Amell. Yeah, exactly. And having all of this 
being up against these like titans of the industry to then coming up against a kid who had I don't even know how many years in the biz he'd had up until this point, but many. Given given this guy the um the elevation to be in to say that for someone for Karen Noir to be able to say I've been in the ring with pack. Oh Lewis, oh do you want to see something obscene? Sure. I'm pretty sure that was his third match. No, I'm very, very wrong. I was looking at the wrong page. What were you looking for? I, w- I went through the match guide. Which oh, if you're looking for Pac's years of experience, it says no, his in-ring experience is 17 years old. So. Not, not Pac. I'm looking for Cara Noir. That's what I was on about the whole time. Ah. Do apologise. I've lost this. What are you looking for? His years of experience. So Pac had 17 and Carl 11. Carl was at 11, which actually mm-hmm. is a lot longer than I thought he, thought he would have had. So maybe take it that way. But honestly, yeah, it's just, it's just an elevation, isn't it? It's been able to say that on the indie circuit, you've been in the ring with Pac. Like, not many guys will be able to say that. No, I not if many. I, if I, if right. I did this and then was all of a sudden just like, oh yeah, I've been in the ring with Debit, I would just, I'd be telling him. Yeah, that, that'd be nice, wouldn't it? That'd be something special. I mean, this was a guy, Pack for the uh, the context of that statement, this is a guy who's um, been in WWE for three years 2012 to 2015 it says here of oh, development wrestling never mind so 2012 to 2015 probably had a couple more years on in main rosters as it were yeah so he had his NXT run he went to the main roster had two more years so he was in the WWE for probably five or six years mm-hmm. on television everyone's seen him everyone knows who he is brilliant wrestler and now he's uh, upper mid card of another and come in promotion yeah I would say so while also having toured Japan cut his teeth on the British Indies he's if you're looking for someone who's done it all Pac has done it all everything yeah. except a world champion pretty much actually but I want him to become yeah, a WWE champion but I don't I stand expect by that. that to happen I'm not saying I expect it to happen, but I would like to see it happen. Yeah. Because he is fantastic. And I did go on a bit of a written soliloquy of why he is my personal best in the world, just because he can do everything. In terms of the bell to bell, he's got every facet. He's unbelievable flyer. The Black Arrow's a beautiful move. I've never seen him do it wrong. Does it picture perfect every time? He can do a Phoenix Splash, four fifties, Moon Salts. Uh-huh. Got a great submission. He's ripped. Oh, I love the Brutalizer. Brutalizer, fantastic move. And he's got power moves as well. That Liger Bomb he can hit is obscene. Yes, it is. Gets the highest of stacks. Yeah. There's not much more 
that I can personally say about this because I just take things as they come. It yeah. was a really good match. It was fantastic. And if we want to go into the spoilers, it does. Because that was when I wrote down, that's where I got started on my rant was that the uh, the Black Arrow is a fucking gorgeous move. Oh, it's beautiful. And it came because Pag hit the uh, the Black Arrow and got the win over the young Brit. The mm-hmm. younger Brit, I should say. But yeah. going into it, it was a match that they did very well to make you think that Caranoir had a chance at times to get some very good like flurries of offense from him or some exchanges where they go in. Big move Cara, big move pack, big move Cara, big move pack. Ended up with a big lariat that Cara delivered, so he had the upper hand at a time. Uh-huh. But Pack does pull out the clean win, and when you think about it, because of how DDT are known to protect their champions, so going into it is the Open the Dreamgate champion, which I can't remember the hierarchy of their belts, but it's up there. You knew really that Pack was going to win. He wasn't going to lose it in this match because they keep their champions protected. Not just in their promotion, but everywhere. Yeah. But they made it compelling by a in a number of ways. Yeah. Uh, rest I of the world. It's actually, he came into it as the top champion of Dragon Gate. That's what the hierarchy for this one is. Yeah, well, they're absolutely not going to have him lose. No, never in a million years. But without that context, or with it, even with that context, this is a very compelling match. I recommend it so highly. That's why I picked it first. Just as you can tell by all the flurries of conversation I've had about it, it's monologue at this point. I couldn't hold it in any longer. I had to find a way to get myself talking about it. This was huh. my way. Yeah, I think we've I think we've covered it. So, uh, we have covered it because we don't have any of the official stats. We can't go into who, or we can't go into who commentators were because there weren't any. That's how compelling it was. I can watch it without commentary. No idea who the ref is. Probably just some indie wrestler now these days. Mm-hmm. And it's 20 past 10 and I want to go to sleep. Yeah, respect that too. Won't That's sleep here any longer. So uh, now is it? It's my turn now. To it is, it is your turn. I will. Scramble for a pen so I can write it down. And I've found one, so hit me with it. What are we watching this week? So I'm going to go for something a bit more mainstream. So it's at NXT okay. 2019. And Helgaza versus Leo Rush. The second of their trilogy Ooh. match from the 11th of December 2019 episode. You could have given me a hundred guesses. I would not have pulled this out of the hat. That's why I um, also gave you the date, so it's extremely easy to find. Yes, November the what? Uh, December. Ah, oh, never mind. Eleventh of December, twenty nineteen. <coughs> Don't die on on camera. I won't. Anyway, so that's it for us. Second episode of a. Uh, Spine to the Pinecast. Join us next week where we'll talk more shit about wrestling, really. Hopefully, no, something we'll actually 
Hopefully, some, hopefully we say interesting things. If you enjoyed it, thumbs up, five star, whatever you want. If you didn't, just ignore it. Pretend it didn't happen. Yeah, and I'm finally going to start some social media so we can actually get some elevation on this. Yeah, I'll make a Twitter account at some point, not in the next couple of days. I am a busy man. Yeah, that's why this is so sporadic. Anyway, yeah. catch you all next time. Hopefully it is actually next week. <laughs> Ciao.